3: Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 957 the game. Classic Kanye West on this Friday afternoon. Jason Dumas, FP Santangelo filling in for Steiny and Guru. A beautiful Friday afternoon here in the city. FP, we're about to have a heavyweight join us in, in in a second. Uh he needs no introduction. But man, you know, we got so much to break down with this guy.
0: Well, he's here. Uh, 26 years, a big league manager, shut it down finally. World champ is all you really need to say when you bring on Dusty Baker. Uh, Bay Area legend, three-time manager here with the Giants, and my friend, Dusty Baker. Bake, what's going on, man? How you doing? Hey,
4: man, what's going on, my man? I'm, I'm up here in Sacramento. Uh, I heard it's uh, raining down there. You said it was beautiful. Is it beautiful? It's
0: nice. I'm looking out the window right the sun's now. peeking through. It's trying to peek through. You got any big New Year's Eve plans? What are you doing? No, not really. My
4: daughter's coming up uh, from Oakland, and uh I'm just uh you know preparing meals, getting things ready uh you know for my grandsons they're two and a half and three and a half, and so uh that's always a treat when they they come over and then uh New Year's Day I'm leaving uh to go down to help Hensley Newlands down in Curacao and all those famous players that come from there so uh that's what I'm doing to you know to start the year off the to try to help some people and also go down and have a have a good time.
0: So are you, are you looking forward to retirement? Has it hit you yet or is that going to happen around spring training?
4: Yeah, probably. Probably around spring training, but you know, the I'm, I'm busy and plus you know, like I lost you know, three or four jobs and I was off two years at a time, so it's not like this is my first time off. This is just the first time that I've actually Announce that I'm retiring from the, you know, from the field. I'm not necessarily retiring from baseball, but I'm retiring from the daily, uh, uh, you know, the daily grind of of travel of of uh, you know just just having to be there. If I could, if I could show up about mm, half an hour for the game and then leave half an hour after the game. I can can do this three or four years, you know what I mean? Because the game is the same, you know, it's it's the, it's the playing, you know, the verbal dodgeball or having to be here or having to be there. And, 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 and and sometimes you get tired of just being, you know, being a whipping boy, you know, when you're doing the best job that you can do. So, but I love the game and I, and I love the players. Uh, and So, uh, like I said, I'm retired from the field, but not, not, necessarily retired from baseball especially when you got a son you know you got a son that's still in it that's 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 with washington and so you know i'm looking forward to watching them play too darren at
0: 284 last year over three teams uh he ended up in triple a where he hit 273 he's playing all over the place uh Mm -hmm. of course i love that right he's playing all the different positions I i need to talk to him i love that so i mean he, he, when he gets called up to DC, you're not going to DC to see him play, are you? <laughs> I know things didn't well there. We've talked about it off the record, um, but like, I mean, that's your kid. I mean, you're going to go see him play, yeah, but like, it, it's yeah, kind of weird can, that he's and, with and the Nationals. Yeah,
4: kind of. But you know, something. I mean, you know, I, I was treated fairly by you know by Rizzo and all the people upstairs. You know, like I wasn't treated that uh, that that uh, fair necessarily by by, by you know upper ownership, you know what I mean? But, I mean, Riz and I ended up on great terms. He didn't want to let me go. But sometimes you're forced to do things that you don't want to do. And, like, even when I see uh, fans from Chicago, I didn't end up well there either. And then and they're like, oh, man, you know, we love you and we miss you. And I was like, oh, what happened all those boos are, <laughs> that I heard <laughs> at the end of that? So, you know, I mean, time heals all wounds. Uh, I mean, you can't take – you know, a lot of stuff from the past into the present of the future. So you just go ahead and live your life. And uh, as long as you did the best that you can do. And and I've always tried to, you know, do my best. And so just sometimes you come up short and sometimes, uh, you know, things work out great.
3: Now, Dusty, you mentioned this isn't the first time you've, you've had a break for baseball. You've had stretches where you didn't officially announce your retirement or anything, but you were away from the game. This time you announced your retirement, obviously. Do you have a different mindset as you go into this break from the game? Do you think like, hey, you know what? This is it. This will be permanent. Or do you still think you might have to scratch an itch down the line?
4: I don't know. I just let God tell me what to do. I mean, who knows? You know, I mean, I, I thought I was done the last time when, when the Astros came came uh, uh, calling. And, uh, you know, there were no job openings. And a lot of times these, these things are opened up uh, for you, uh, and it's not under your control. I mean, we think that we're in control of everything, but we're in control of very little. Yeah. And uh, that's the one thing that I've learned, you know, you know, during my life, I mean, what were the chances of me managing the Astros? They were on top. Everything was beautiful. And then all of a sudden they had a scandal. And next thing, you know, you know, they needed me to help them. Uh, I don't know if they wanted me to help them for four years, but that's how it worked out. And, uh, you know, I just went there to win. I was very, very fortunate to, you know, to finally win that World Series under these circumstances. And, uh, you know, and I look back on my time in Houston, I mean, we were one game twice away from going to the world Series four years in a row, you know, uh, we were game seven in 2020, I believe in game seven last year in 2023. So yeah, I mean, it was a good run. I had a great time there. Uh, you know, perhaps it was time to, you know, to leave, uh, and, uh, You know, nobody likes to wear out the welcome at the same time. you know, you kind of can feel when it's time for you, you know, to go. You know, you're not quite as welcome as you were when you got there. So, uh, you know, life goes on. Uh, I'm looking forward to this next chapter. Uh, I'm, I'm actually also talking to, you know, the Giants. I talked to Larry Bear the other day about the possibility of Maybe even joining them. And so we just have to see how things work out, you know, for all
3: of us. Okay. All right. I'm all in on that. Yeah, we can't sift through that. How have those conversations gone? And uh, obviously, Dusty, you know how beloved you are here in the Bay Area. They darn near celebrated like the Giants won a World Series when you were finally able to break through and win that World Series. Where are you in those conversations? And what is the real possibility of you having a role with the Giants?
4: I don't know. I mean, I'd like to know who people were rooting for when me and Bruce Bochi was <laughs> you know, <laughs> battling each other. But yeah, I mean, you know, we're they're just preliminary talk. You know, we're 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 uh uh like I said I talked to Larry. You know, I'm awaiting uh you know, to, to talk to Farhan. Uh, you know, they do have a team here in Sacramento where I am here. Uh, you know, the Rivercats team. I'm not sure if they're still the Rivercats, but uh, you know, we'll see. And, uh, you know, we can work things out um, uh, uh, family-wise and and time-wise and all kind of ways. So, like I said, it's just, you know, we just having preliminary talks and, uh, you know, we'll see how things work out.
0: Big, I've been back a couple of years now and been around the ball club and, and been doing games with them. And I've been saying on my old radio show that, 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 that the Giants have to get back to having – people around that knows what it means to wear the orange and black and I mean nobody personifies that better than you Um, so yeah I mean you talk about the coaching staff now there's guys that wore the uniform and I think that's huge to know the tradition and what it means to wear that we all know what that means but talk about for a minute bake how the game has changed like you you look at Mm -hmm. all all the teams that were in the playoffs last year whether it was Boach or Rob Thompson or yourself or Snicker like the old school guys still know what they're doing you still know what you're doing and there's so much emphasis on analytics right now in the game maybe touch on a little bit like through all of your travels and as as a manager more than a player on how the game has changed in in, and how that affected you as a manager
4: well you know number one the Giants have have a couple former guys back I mean Pat Burrow and 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 Matt Williams were one of the best and 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 Bob Melvin and uh you know that's that's a great start right there uh Things have changed. Things have evolved. Um, You know, part of, uh, you know, we always used analytics, but just didn't have the name of, uh, it wasn't called analytics. You know, it was called first batter uh, uh, matchup, first batter efficiency, uh, runners inherited, just all all kinds of things that we used as much of the information as we could. Uh, uh, Just that sometimes I think now, it's gone a little bit where there's a little bit too much information for, you know, for the kids to fathom. And, uh, or, or sometimes, uh, you know, young players don't watch the game and learn from watching the game. I mean, I see everybody has their head down all the time, whether it's on the cell phone or whether it's on the laptop or whatever, whatever it is. And I urge them to, you know, to watch the game, pay attention as much as possible. And, and, and let's face it, most of the guys... Upstairs are are college graduates uh, uh, of some of the finance universities around. But what's happening is that they're hiring their friends, and they're you know it's 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 not really getting a uh, well-rounded view of the game. And I think you got to have some guys there, uh, you know, that are that are analytics. Uh, analytical guys, and you also got, need some guys there that are baseball guys um, to, uh, to explain some things that sometimes can't be explained by numbers. You know, sometimes uh, you know the overall feel is gone. You know what I mean? And uh, from managing against Bruce Bochy, you could tell sometimes, and he probably could tell with me that some of it's on feel, you know, as well as fact. And and, and to me, you have to you have to have both to get the most out of your players and and, and both uh, to win. Now, saying that, somebody is going to win, whether it's all analytical guys or whether it's uh, field guys or a combination. Somebody's going to win whether that makes it right or wrong or not or if you're going about it the right way, but somebody's going to win.
3: Now, Dusty, obviously we are smack dab in the middle of free agency, and it's been a huge talking point around here, especially over the last couple of years. Giants kind of striking out on some of the big names that they've sought after. Now, I don't know you too well, but you don't strike me as the type who are going to be getting on your knees and begging someone to come play for the organization. But how would you sell the Giants to some of these free agents to get them to come play in the Bay Area?
4: Well, that's a tough tough call i mean you know for some reason the bear has gotten a bad rap and and see the bay area was one of the one of the finer places to live in this in this country and i've talked to some players recently where a lot of the players would rather live in the east bay go across the bridge, go through the Caldecott tunnel that's a lot of travel versus going down the peninsula or staying in the city and the city has to sell itself that because it's gotten a bad rap, you know, as far as like what's, what's happening in the city or, or, you know, the amount of vacancies that are there in the city. The city is, is the most beautiful town that I know of in America since I've been going there since the mid-60s. So the city has to sell itself uh, as well as the organization has to sell itself to the players. And uh, because you know, seems like every year some big names come up, and then rarely do we, you know, do the Giants get any big, big name players. So uh, it's either going to have to do it from within, or they're going to have to sell the city and their families on how safe and how beautiful the city really is.
0: Dude, you said we, man. It's all. It's going to be in your forever. Giant Dusty Baker said we. We're talking about the Giants bake. That's a great answer. I mean, we we really appreciate you coming on today. Say hello to Melissa. Say hello to Darren for me. I miss you guys. Hopefully, I'll see you in the nine one six soon. Have you been hunting at all? Any hunting going on this year? No, not really. I, I haven't
4: been hunting. I I really didn't feel it. You know what I mean. You got to <laughs> feel it. I you know I haven't fished. I take the truth. I was gone eight months, man. And, uh, you know, you come home, you don't want to move, you know I mean? I got things I got to do. You know, my well was messing up. I got to plant my garden. You know, I got to, I got to tend to my grapes. I, I mean, there's a lot to do. And then hopefully in the in next few months,
0: I'll be bored. Maybe I can come see you sometime. You know what
3: I mean? Oh yeah, we'll get you into
0: studio asap, dude. I, I gotta get. I gotta get a <laughs> bottle of wine. You got? I was in. I was in uh, Rayleighs in El Dorado Hills over Christmas, and I saw all your wine sitting there with the stitches on it. And you have like a walk off blend now. That's the name of the wine. You named it like walk off something, walk off Pinot or something like that. Well, I didn't name it. My 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 winemaker,
4: Chick Brenneman, who's the best. I mean, he's been my winemaker and partner for like fifteen years. And, and, and he didn't know what a walk-off was, but he saw it in some <laughs> magazine that I was, I swear, he saw it in some magazine that I was like number two all time in walk-off. So he goes, Oh, that's a good name for it, walk-off. And I thought he knew what he was talking about. He, he, he lucky upon that one. But, but that's one of my favorites. And, and then, uh, the, uh, I told my team in Houston, I said, Hey guys, um, you know, if you walk somebody off, uh, you know, I will get you some wine and I'll sign it. Well, the first guy that walked somebody off, which I didn't even think they were going to hold me, hold me to it, was Carlos Correa in the playoffs. And so uh, he walked somebody off. The first thing he asked me, where is my walk-off red? So that's how that's how we come up with that name.
3: I think I'm gonna sip on some walk-off red for New Year's Eve. I yeah. gotta find that somewhere. Dusty, thank you so much for joining us, brother. We really appreciate your time. And uh yeah. hopefully you'll be in San Francisco soon, a little more often. Hopefully those talks go yeah. well because we would uh we would love to get you back down here in the Bay Area.
4: Hey, NFP, man. I'll see you at home sometime, man. I'm glad glad you're back on the radio, my brother.
0: Say thanks, Big. Happy New Year's, man. I can't wait to see you. I miss you. All right, man. Miss you, too. I'll see you later. That was
3: Dusty Baker. Awesome stuff. So he has talked to Larry Bear, and he is talking to Farhan Zaidi soon. He doesn't know exactly what that role is, but any role within the organization would help. You know, and you need guys like Dusty, the way he just spoke of San Francisco and the Bay Area. You need those voices in the room when you try to attract guys to come play out here.
0: I don't know what went on with Shohei behind the scenes. Like, Bob Melvin's a great guy, but if you have Dusty Baker around your team. Just having him there, he, he just knows baseball and he gets it. Right. Like, he just gets it. I mean, he invented the high five, for God's sake. Like, <laughs> he invented the high five. Like, who, who can say that? But, like, you have him around. He knows what it means to be a giant, dude. Like, he knows that. And I think that the, the organization is doing a great job recently of bringing guys around that know what it means to wear the orange and black. Because you can get a bunch of guys from L.A. here. And, you know, the, the last coaching staff was a bunch of good dudes. You know, you work with Gabe. He's a good dude, man. Yeah, yeah. but like. Sure. There's something to be said for having guys like Pat Burl and Matt Williams and Bob Melvin and Dusty Baker. I'm from i I'm from Philly. We know a lot about Pat and Philly.
3: We know a lot about Pat Burl and Philly. Pat's one of my guys. Yeah. Like oh for, yeah. yeah. But Pat's
0: all grown up now. He's uh, not Pat the Bat anymore. He's I, Patrick. I call him Patrick Burl. He's all grown up right now. Yeah, Pat
3: and Philly, man. Drink, drink you out of the bar. Pat in
0: San Francisco when they were winning world champion. The marina. <laughs> I don't want to the, step on toes. The I marina don't notice, was status not safe. right now The marina was not safe. Yeah, neither was downtown Philly. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. I, I, I just, I, I owe Dusty Baker a lot. Like when when I when he was my manager, he played me a lot, and he got me a deal with the Dodgers, that, that that was pretty lucrative at the time. And he just, he believed in me. He always told me when I was going to play. He cared about my wife at the time. He, he's still friends with my kids. They, they, they look up to him like a father figure, and kind of, I do too. So, I mean, I owe him a lot for my career. In broadcasting and baseball, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you without Dusty Baker.
3: Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, it's funny, man, like, he is so beloved in in, in this area. I I. Didn't cover him when he was here. I wasn't here yet. But I just heard stories. And... Then obviously he was in Washington. I was in Washington for a little bit, but I remember when the when the Astros were making that World Series run. And, you know, it's no secret, especially to our viewers. I'm from Philadelphia. A lot of my rooting interests are at some of those sports. I don't I'm not as much as a fan as I used to be, just because a lot of my job involves objectivity. So it's tamed a little bit, but when the Phillies made the World Series, obviously I'm rooting I'm rooting for Phillies, you know? And All my colleagues, they're just like, nah, we can't ride with you, Jason. We're going for, we want Dusty to win one. Like all the people in that building over at Cron who have been there for years, Ken Wayne, Pam Moore, Pillars, in just the TV industry here in the Bay. They're like, we're sorry, Jason. We're rooting against your Phillies. We need Dusty to get one. So I just, during that time, I realized how special Dusty was still to the Bay Area community. And, uh, you know, it just I would love for him to come down here on a full-time basis again.
0: Well, he'd probably be like a special assistant to the yeah, special assistant, maybe like, help, help
3: recruit, just whatever
0: the case might be. Like I said, you need his voice. Just, just like walking around and having him be a resource for a young player to just like pick his brain because he's a Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Fame manager, right?
2: Yeah, I thought it was super interesting him talking about the River Cats. Do you guys see in some capacity him being a help with the farm system and and bringing up some of these young guys that we've kind of been yearning
0: for lately with the Giants? Well, they probably ask him to go to Sacramento here, come to San Francisco there, if this thing. comes comes to fruition it sounds like it's in the initial stages but like having Dusty Baker. Be Larry Bear is so great at knowing what it means to be a Giant. And that forever giant thing, it's not just a line. It's not BS. Like, right. he, I, I played one year for the Giants, coach for in the minor leagues, broadcast for him, and they they treat me the same as they treat Barry. Like, that forever giant thing. Organizations in pro sports throw around the term family way too loosely. Like, oh, we're family here. No, you're not, dude. Right. Like, you're going to trade me in two seconds. You don't care about you're me. My you don't employer. care about my family. You're my employer. But the thing down on the corner of 3rd and King is real. Like, if you're a giant for 10 minutes, you're a forever giant. And they treat you the same. They treat everybody the same. That's great that's yeah, it's great to it's, hear. Yeah, it's And legit, I've noticed legit. that
3: too. Hunter Pence said the same thing to me, that just that forever giant thing. So that, that's great to hear. And obviously, you see Buster back, and he's kind of at the front of these things, helping recruit these players. Um, like, man, I've been out here almost six years, FP, and I was just telling someone the other day one of my funnest. Funnest teams to cover was that 107-win team. Like, when it's rocking down there at third and king, it's special. And uh, they need to get back to that because it's been a little desolate in 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 that park the past two seasons. And, you know, they're just yearning for something to really cheer
0: it, it's been kind of like mathy yeah it's been kind of sterile like nobody ever got excited about math class like I can't wait to get to math class today right. and there's been a lot of math down yeah. at the ballpark and a lot of matchups and strategy versus I think they're going to get back to more realizing there's people inside of those uniforms right like with hearts you mentioned Sean night. he feelings. never knew what the hell he was doing yeah it's just like they're, I think they're going to get back to that I don't know if they can compete with the Dodgers, but there's a lot of slots to the playoffs. And as right. we all know, if you get into one of those slots, anything can happen. You just got to get hot. Yeah, You yeah. just got
3: to get hot. Baseball, more than any sport, I think, if you get hot at the right time, you can beat a team that won 100-something games that year. I mean, we see it almost every year. I mean, this this past playoffs was a prime example of that. Like, you just you never knew what you were going to get. I was I was... So sure the Phillies were going back to the World Series. And then all of a sudden, sudden, those bats went cold. I was
0: rooting for them. You know who I
3: loved? Who's that rookie on Arizona? Who was really good? Corbin Carroll. He's so good. He's so good. He is so. But you
0: good. know what's cool about baseball? We don't want to talk too much baseball. We'll get back to the Warriors and talk about the Niners this weekend. But like, it's getting back to athleticism yeah. and, and a fun brand of baseball. Right, where if you right. go first to third on a single now, because that hole's opened up, you know, running down fly balls and there's no shift anymore, and you have to have range on defense. Catchers have to be able to throw guys out because there's the stolen bases back. So I think it's a more exciting brand of baseball And the Giants and any team in baseball it needs to be get more athletic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And more athletes, not just hitting home runs like slow, fat guys hitting home runs. <laughs> like, you just got to gotta be able to hit home runs.
3: Now, I, I, you know, we'll we'll get to the Warriors and the Niners, but while we're on this topic, I want to ask you, FP, are there any names out there on the free agent market that you think the Giants should be interested in or should be kind of beating down that door to get into the house?
0: I like Tim Anderson a lot. Yeah. I think he had a down year with the White Sox. I, I think he, he has something to prove, and he's a, like a two-time batting champion. Can't can can, can can dodge a jab. Can't touch the <laughs> chat. Yeah, maybe like Jordan Poole that really threw him off last year.
3: Oh, <laughs> uh, Tim, I hate it. it had to be
0: you, man, because I'm a
3: huge fan too, but man, that was right on the summer jam screen. We all saw it. Yeah. Tough. Tough moment for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. But he's a good player. He is a good player. He's a good player. And like you said, he's what he's an athlete. Hell of an athlete. Uh, I, you know, like I have his, Do- not his Dodgers, his uh, White Sox jersey in the closet. Do you really? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a jersey guy. He had a bad year, so it's in the closet. Yeah, no, no, it's in the closet where I I, I scroll <laughs> scroll through every day. I got I got a bunch of jerseys. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I would Tim Anderson. I I didn't even know he was a free agent. Yeah. So, uh, what do you where where
0: do you fall with uh, Chapman? I want him. I want everybody. Yeah, Snell, Chapman, Bellinger, sign everybody. Chapman it, makes. Would it be something right? if the Dodgers didn't win the division this year? That would be the best story ever. Well, That'd be, be like the most epic story in, in baseball in a long time. I, I you're feel- not guaranteeing anything. Sorry. So- no, no, no. You're good. I feel like Chapman makes sense. He played for Bob
3: Melvin, right? Yep. Yeah, he's one of his favorite players. Is, is what's up with uh, Simeon? Is he under contract still over there? And in, 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 with the Rangers, yes, yeah, he he's a baller now. Yeah. He's so good, yeah, man, MVP style, yeah, a- a- absolutely. So it'll be interesting to see what the Giants do, but you know, obviously, they're not going to do anything to be better than the Dodgers on paper, at least uh, in the near future. But I-, I think their first order of business, if I was running that team, my first order of business would be to make moves to get fans more engaged because like you said it's like math class down there i don't think (laughs) the product i don't think the product that they're putting on the
0: field uh is very appealing to the masses and you just want to fall in love with your players again yeah you just want to see a guy get four at bats and fall in love with him and go buy his jersey and put it in your closet and then bring it out when he's playing well who wants to go sit in (laughs) 55 degree weather and watch a bullpen game dude I i went for a run yesterday and I almost said something, but there was this guy who was running on the there, and he's coming toward me. He had a brand new Dodger hat on. And I almost stopped and said, did you get that because they signed Otani and Yamamoto? <laughs> brand new. You got that for Christmas, dude. Like, it is shiny, brand new Dodger hat. Like, you weren't a Dodger fan a couple of weeks ago, but to your point, there's probably a lot of new Dodger fans. Yeah. Probably the tons of new Dodger fans all of a sudden for obvious reasons, and they're excited. They got two of the best uh, Japanese players going right now, and, and and they have the best player in baseball. No one's talking about when Otani heals from his Tommy John about like uh, uh, Yamamoto and Otani being their one-two dude. That that dug the media. Is going to be crazy. the
3: The Japanese media is oh. going to be nuts. Super like, Bowl every day. As, as someone who stands in dugouts and puts a mic in people's face, there's going to be like fifty people in that dugout every single you day. Need one of those selfie sticks. Oh my with God, your microphone. I feel bad for some of the local guys. All righty, we're up against the break. After the break, we'll get back to some Warriors talk. We'll talk about Brock Purdy. Will he bounce back? FP says that is most important what he will be looking for. It's Football Friday brought to you by First Five California. To learn four things you can do to overcome toxic stress, go to firstfivecalifornia.com. Also, this segment was brought to you by Fremont Bank, full service banking, no compromise. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Now, back to Steiny and Guru on 95.7 The Game. FP and Jason Dumas here filling in for Steiny and Guru. It is Friday afternoon. The sun was peeking through. Not really anymore. We're downtown San Francisco right here on Kearney Street in our fancy new studios. FP, that was a great interview with Dusty. That's your guy. He's always great. We broke a little news. So he he might be working for the Giants. It sounds like it's trending that way. He's spoken to Larry Bear. He's going to speak to Farhan. I asked him what will that role be. He said, "Hell, I don't know." So you know, Dusty for you.
0: Dusty's at a point in his life where he can he can like make up whatever he wants to do and do whatever the hell he wants. Right. And he he earned that. He's a Hall of Famer, man. Yeah, for sure. Now. Let's get into some Niners talk.
3: These guys, they're playing the Commanders. It's Friday, so they're flying to Washington today. They're probably in the air. I was talking to their PR guy, Corey Rush. I know he told me they're ta- they're flying out today, so they're probably in the air right now. Uh, going to our nation's capital, the DMV, to take on the Commanders. Now, we had an interesting conversation, FP, before we went on air. You said you were very interested in seeing how Brock Purdy bounces back because you said that's actually the most – important component of an athlete to see how they respond from adversity
0: Yeah, how you deal with failure and that's his first really stinker as a starting nfl quarterback so we'll see how he rebounds against the team that he should play well against right when you're talking about the yeah, commanders this is, a, this is a get back game a get right game but there's there's people out there that were waiting for this there was people out there that have doubted brock purdy from day one and it, his story resonates with me because he had to beat the odds, right? Nobody expected him to do what he's doing. And then he gets to, I mean, I thought it would have been one of the greatest stories in sports history to be Mr. Irrelevant to MVP. And maybe we all, as Niner fans, got a little too focused on that instead of what that team needs to do to win. So now he's had his first stinker. How do you come back from that? Like, is it in your head? Do you flush it? Are you able to move forward? Did you leave it in the locker room uh, last Monday night? Did you just leave it there? And now you have a short week to prepare. Uh, is your stinger, his shoulder, whatever, going to be okay? He says it's going to be okay. This is a big game for the Niners in a lot of reasons. Like, I don't know if you're watching this, Jason, but I'm addicted mm-hmm. to hard knocks in season right now with the Dolphins. Like, Addicted to a show like I've never been addicted to. They have an to, in-season version? Yeah, the, the Dolphins one with Mike McDaniel right I now is know maybe that. the best one I've ever seen. I had no idea. Was what that a, on HBO? Yeah, it's on HBO Max, HBO whatever. I had no idea what a good person Tua is. Right. Like he's generally like a good dude. Like he's a legit person. Like he cares about people. He went he went around to all the stadium workers at Hard Rock and he, and he was like, "Man, I didn't realize how much they love us and how much their job is, relies on us winning." And there's 400 people over there and he was talking about that. I'm like, "This is a good dude." Um but just it, the reason I'm bringing that up is they had that tough loss against I think it was the Titans. Yeah. Last second loss, they were ahead by 14 yeah. with two minutes to yeah. go, and they ended Literally up losing.
3: Lost me some money, too. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> so But but uh, the way Mike McDaniel handled that is like, you know what? I'm accountable. We're accountable. Let's take this thing head on, yeah. and we're going to use this to be better. So that was the Niners last week. Do they use last week uh, the loss to the Ravens? Ugly, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't do a whole lot right. Do they use that? Do they use that to kind of reset And to refocus now with only two games left. It's not like they got a lot of time to rebound from that. And generally speaking, whatever sport it is, it's how you're playing at the end, right? Mm -hmm. You get hot in the playoffs. You're playing your best ball in the playoffs. Right Right now, as you and I are sitting here talking, they are not playing their best football. Mm -hmm. They can change that against the commanders. But then they got the Rams, who are playing really well, too, to end the season. They have something to play for. They have something to play for. So how do you respond as an athlete to failure? I mean, do you use it as fuel in your tank? Do you start to doubt yourself? The mental side of it and his mental strength, which I I think, guessing, just based on quotes, that he's got a good head on his shoulders, I think he'll be okay. But how strong are you mentally? Do you start to doubt yourself? Once doubt creeps in, dude, you are done. Right? Is there doubt now, or does he just flush it? See,
3: he hasn't shown me anything where... I would believe he's not going to bounce back. He kind of just seemed he's very stoic. He's very consistent in his mannerisms and his temperament. Never really seems to get too high or low. Um, As you said, all his teammates sound like they respect the hell out of him. So, I think he's going to have a really big game. I really do. I think this team is the best team in football. They have the best roster in football. From start to finish, cumulatively, I think they've been the best team in football. And, look, you're not going to win every week. Like, Was I surprised in the manner in which they lost to the Ravens? Yeah. Was I surprised they lost? No. And that's not indicative of what I think about the Niners. I just, you know, you're not going to win every week. And I never thought they were going to win out. They came in on a six game win streak. I didn't think they were going to win out the rest of the season and go into the playoffs on what would be, what, a nine game winning streak? I didn't think that was going to happen anyway. So they're going to stumble somewhere. Uh, Frankly, I, I wouldn't have wanted them to go into the postseason on a nine game winning streak. I think some Sometimes you need to get humbled. I do think the Niners have some players, Debo, Kittle, Bosa, who are very, very confident in themselves and almost a little overconfident sometimes, especially Debo. So sometimes I do think you need that ass kicking to recalibrate. All right, let me tighten up a little bit. I'm out here tweeting against about people going back and forth for Cam Newton, uh, kiddo, I'm out here wearing shirts mocking my opponent. Like, let's you know, all right. All right we have our fun, but let's tighten up a little bit. And I think they needed that game and, like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens go out and lose to the Dolphins next week. It's just a week-to-week league. The NFL has proven that over time. So, I think it, this loss was good for them. And I think if there's any team you want to play to get right, it's the Washington Commanders. They just benched their starting quarterback, Sam Howell, who, in my opinion, stinks. He's just good enough to uh, be their guy for, like, the next decade. Kind of like a Daniel Jones Um You know, I I have respect for Jacoby Brissett, but he's a backup for a reason. And uh, their defense isn't good, their stadium stinks. Hopefully no one gets hurt out there.
0: Dude, on Hard Knocks, they showed the Dolphins playing the Commanders in D.C. The, the visiting locker room there is ridiculous. Oh, I've been in it. It looks like a high school locker room. It's, that it's whole, the NFL, dude. That whole
3: stadium is so dump. bad, man. Dude,
0: I, I had perks. Yeah. I had perks in D.C. Right. I got invited I got invited to games every Sunday, and I would not go because that stadium's way out in the middle. Was it Landover? Landover, wherever? Maryland. Way out it's in the middle so, of nowhere, so and it's just a parking lot with a stadium. Getting there awful. It, yeah. Dude, no, the media
3: parking they had
0: us. We had to walk like a
3: mile with our equipment to get into the stadium. I hated covering the commanders. I could not stand covering that team. Uh <laughs> it just uh I, I I I hate that market, honestly. I know you love it. You 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 worked out there. I just didn't enjoy covering the commanders and the, the wizards weren't that good then either. They were just boring. We were just covering the bad teams. Yeah, I was just covering the bad teams. The caps and the Nets. it's a different story. Careful. I was on the float with, with the caps when they won the world or the world series. When they won the Stanley <laughs> Cup. I was at the parade. Our station was on one of the floats. That was a really, really fun day. Those hockey guys They man, partied
0: they, like rock stars, they didn't partied they? They party
3: like rock star. They said, yo, shut those cameras off. Shut the cameras off. They were they were swimming And I, I
0: understood why. They were swimming in fountains. <laughs> like yeah. for like the, and then uh yeah. Yeah, was, I can't was, even tell half the stories I know about what they did after they won the cup.
3: That was a very very fun parade. Just, I look, would run around the studio naked.
0: <laughs> I mean that that essentially happened. They did what you're supposed to do when you win a championship, yeah, and they didn't care where the cameras were most of the time. Now I heard all kinds of stories too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back so back to the
3: Niners. The, my overreaching point is. Commanders are the perfect team to get right against. Uh, they, they don't have much going for them. They have nothing to play for. Half those guys in the locker
0: room already have their vacations planned. What if they lose? Oh, man. What if the Niners lose to the Commanders this week? Nobody's even said that because it's just a given. They're going to go in there and roll because the Commanders suck and the Niners are great. What if they lose? It will be cool. It's Sky is If they lose to the Commanders, nobody's even mentioned that. We're all so confident in this team. We're also. Um, confident in the fact that they're going to the Super Bowl. It's that easy. <laughs> I'm not every, as confident. Every, any given Sunday, man. Like, there's a chance. I'm not as confident
3: as them going to the Super Bowl as I am and <laughs> they're going to beat them. They're going to beat the Commanders. I know, Ain't but, no way.
0: I know, but nobody's even toyed with that thought. I didn't even know. It just well, like, they popped lose in my it, head. If if
2: it, is, it is interesting, too, because the Commanders, like you guys say, they, they should easily beat them. But you have the Rams who are playing really well and you need to kind of... Set the tone for that last game of the season going into the playoffs. So this could be a get right
3: game, but it could be a look past trap game, right? And well, and the Eagles, the Eagles are right there with them, and so are the the Lions. All three teams, yep. Lions, Eagles, Niners, they're all eleven and four. Yeah. So the Niners' goal ahead of the season, they made no secret about it, was they wanted home field advantage throughout. They want the one seed. They want to win the NFC. That's their goal, and obviously, it's still right there in front of them. They control that fate. But if they stumble, in I don't, I don't see the Eagles losing their next two games. Even though the Eagles are trending down, they haven't been playing great. Don't see them losing to the Cardinals or the Giants. Um, the Lions, they have the cow, the Cowboys on Saturday, and then I think they had the Packers. Uh, so who knows? But if they, I'll say this, FP, if they lose to the Commanders this Sunday, they ain't going to get the top seed. I don't see it. I just don't see it
0: so if they lose the commanders this Sunday we're all like sky is falling what the hell's going on it's more than the one seat if they lose the commanders this weekend and, they're not right, but they could because anything can happen it's hard to win one game all the cliches you're on the road I don't know they it, it, it's not gonna happen but it I don't think anybody's even gone there maybe I'm being negative right now well, I shouldn't be saying this well look like, it's I don't
3: know. also even if they beat the commanders, we want to see something out of Brock Purdy back to your original point. Like what if they beat what if they beat the Commanders but Brock Purdy struggles again?
0: What if he throws four touchdowns this week and four next week with no interceptions and he goes about 320 350, is he back in the MVP conversation? Yeah, the way this the
3: way the whole dialect has been going is a week to week award now. It's like if he has a good game this week, people are going to be like, "Oh, he's he's MVP again." And like what if Brock what if what
0: if Lamar loses to the Dolphins? That's what I'm saying. If somebody else takes a dump and he has two great weeks. He, he, I don't think this is over yet. And I it's don't know. Not. I and Dak
3: Dak plays on primetime Saturday night against the Lions. What's it, what if he hangs 350 yards and and four touchdowns on the Lions on primetime? That matters because it's this, this award has become so narrative based too. So, it, why do you think? It, it's just it's human nature. It's humans who vote for these awards and humans have emotions. So, not all of them some of the voters are going to be like split in hairs looking into the numbers advanced stats records But other voters are just gonna be like this is a great story. This is a great story I've seen Dak on prime time like seven times Recency bias like that's why Jalen Hurts was the leader of the pack like a month ago He didn't have the numbers to really justify being MVP, but I think people said look He was going to be MVP last year until he got hurt the last three games of the season. His team only has one loss, best record in the NFL. He's leading them. He's having okay enough of a year to warrant it. We're going to give it to him. He was odds-on favorite. Then he started playing bad. They lost. What? Three times. They lost three games in a row. Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks. He's falling down. I think he has like the fourth best odds now. So I I, I think it's just, you know, my long winded point, FP, is I think it is more narrative based because it's simply humans making the votes and humans have emotion. And they're just like me and you. They see things. And like you said, you love the storyline of. Going from Mr. Irrelevant to MVP, that is in people's hearts and heads when they go to place their right, own. right. You know,
0: I think Lamar and McCaffrey might split it.
3: Yeah, it's Lamar's to lose. Co-MVP. Come on, dude. He's no,
0: he's he,
1: so he's good. like the he's
0: like the the the. the, the I, I said this the other day. He's like a five star recruit playing at a small high school that you go look at. And that, he's playing with the best players in the world. And, and he looked like the guy that's going to Alabama from a small school, playing against another small school that throws for 600 yards. Or like some runs. kid is going to go and You're go like, work at his dad's firm but that like was in, against, in a month. Yeah, that was like against one of the best defenses in the NFL. Right. and He was the big kid on the
3: field. I've never, never seen a player make Fred Warner, one, look slow. Two, look uncoordinated. He... Juked Fred Warner out of his cleats like four separate times that game and Fred Warner wrecks everything he wrecks game plans He hits you violently like I have the utmost respect for Fred Warner I personally think he is the Niners Third best player at worst. He might be their second best player. Right. It's a it's a in no specific order to me. And I got some flack on Twitter for this for some reason. I didn't think it was a very controversial take. I said my three best players on the Niners in no specific order: Christian McCaffrey, Fred Warner, and. Trent Williams, Trent Williams, and for sure. somebody, yeah, somebody got on me talking about Bosa. This I was like, okay, maybe Bosa is in there, but I don't think it's that big of a difference.
0: But whatever. You know what's cool that there. There can be an argument that the Niners are so good that you can argue, and everybody's got a good point about who the best player on the Niners is. Right. A lot of teams but, can't do that. A lot of cities on sports talk radio. A lot of fan bases can't it's do that. Who the it's best obvious. Players. Like of course he's our best player. And you could sit here. We could do a whole segment on. Who the 49ers' best player is, and everybody that calls in can be right. Right, it's one of those things where whoever called, you want to say Trent Williams, you're right. Unless you say Jake Moody. It, 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 I mean, <laughs> unless you say the kicker. You got the obvious ones. You could say McCaffrey's your best player. You could say Purdy's your best player. You could say, well, I don't know if you could say Bosa's your best player this year. Last year you could have said that. You yeah. could say Fred Warner. You, uh, you could say you could say Brandon Ayuk. You could say, you
3: could Debo. say Debo. You could there, this, Debo's like, been
0: playing. Great five or six guys. You could say seven guys, maybe and and that just is a a testament how good this team really is Yeah, and that Niners the cross, you know You you played a sport
3: and it's an everyday sport How 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 much truth is it is there to the cross-country travel taking a toll? Like they they're going all the way across country through three time zones on one day short rest
0: it's a thing. It's just the time change. It's not yeah. the travel itself. It's the time change because right. we, we're playing we, at ten a.m. Do we travel like kings? Like yeah. the bus pulls up to the plane. We right. don't go through airports. You just walk up the stairs. Yeah, there's <laughs> it's all you can eat for four hours and all you can drink for four hours and there's tables with card games going on. That's sick. And it's just and then the bus pulls up to the plane and then the bus goes right to the hotel. Uh, there may or may not be police escorts on both <laughs> ends. That You probably shouldn't say that publicly, but there is. I've uh, seen it before. We, I we, remember we, I saw, we,
3: saw Alabama when they played uh, Clemson in the national championship over at Levi's. And they were staying in like downtown San Jose. They had a police escort escorting them from downtown San Jose to uh, Santa Clara, where Levi's Stadium. Just police on bikes and stuff around this big cruiser.
0: Dude, of all the perks that I tell my friends about, the one that like gets people the most pissed is when I say we get police escorts. <laughs> and they're like, why do you get police escorts? I mean, there was time when I was with the Nationals, we were leaving Dodger Stadium, and they closed down the whole freeway. We had like six CHP cars and... Uh, motorcycle cops that literally closed down the whole freeway. There was three buses, and, and and they just stopped everybody behind us. And for, like, three miles till we got to the—we're going to LAX from so Dodge do So
3: you guys don't wait in LA traffic?
0: No. They, cl- they, they didn't just, like, make the Red Sea part like they do sometimes, <laughs> right, where they just make people pull over, like, whoop, whoop, get over. Yeah, yeah. They literally, like, put a stop to the freeway. Then we went through that stop, and for, like, three miles, there wasn't a car. It was like Armageddon. It was just like the buses and about seven CHPs and three buses. And I'm like, I don't know people, and they used to tell us like, don't <laughs> don't don't video this, don't post it because it gets people pissed off. Yeah, it does. It's just like, why don't you get that? Why are you so special? Man, like, I don't so, know how many home runs did you hit? <laughs>
3: so you're saying the the time change is the thing? Because yeah, that's true. They're playing 10 a.m. That was the thing. I, as someone who grew up on the East Coast and lived on you know lived on the Eastern time zone for most of my my 30. Three years, I'm thirty-three. I think thirty-three years on this earth. Um, it took a while for me to adjust when I moved out here. I'm like, what the hell? The Eagles game is on at 10 a.m. But it was like kind of cool because, especially if I didn't have work that day, you can just like booze and get some brunch and, and watch football. <laughs> right? It's sick.
0: And I, when I was on the East Coast for eleven years, I don't think I ever got to the end of Monday Night Football. I was, oh no! It was, it's
3: Too late because like 11:30 or midnight. Basketball is even worse. The yeah. 10:30 starts. Yeah. Like. I, when I'm home and the when I go home for like, you know, go visit my family and the Warriors are playing and I want to watch the Warriors game just so I can be in the know and tip off is at 1030. I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> 1030. <laughs> this game is over at 1 a.m. Yeah, I didn't realize I uh,
2: spent the holidays on the East Coast and I was in Connecticut uh, for Christmas watching the Niners Ravens. And it was it was damn near one o'clock in the morning by the time yeah. that game got over. And yeah, I, I'm right? like, I, it, it's always eight. Nine o'clock, and then I can get ready for bed. Do we
0: were talking this about it before we went on the air? And this is probably not a good thing to say on air, but I miss the East Coast. I miss I miss how easy it is to get around. Right, with the trains up and down, like to Philly and to New York and to DC and Boston. Yeah, just you're takes, right there. It's just it's easy. You just go to the train station, you get on like two minutes before it leaves, and then next thing you know, you're in Philly in an hour and a half, and then yeah. you're in New Grand York Central Station, Penn Station, Union Station, just three literally. hours to New York if you're on the Acela, and it's just easy to get around. Yeah, and I don't know the vibe is just different it's so so chill here and so laid back it's a little bit different and i grew up here right i I lived my whole life here and spent a decade on the east coast but like you start getting into that east coast groove where it goes a little bit faster Mm -hmm. and people are like i'm top of their game and it's just like it's just a different it's a different i don't even know what the word i'm looking
3: for it's just different yeah i love the east coast too now it's funny this this might happen to you you're from the west coast but my friends will always hit me Where people I know on the East Coast, they'll be like, hey, I'm going to be in L.A. next week. Like, will you be around? (laughs) I'm like, dude, that is six hours from me via via car Uh, or a flight like this isn't. They just—they don't realize how big California. Is. They
0: think, L- they think hey, I'm, I'm, I'll be in L.A. in the end of a month. I'm like, cool. Thanks for telling me. My, my grandma God rest her soul. She used to. She lived in Michigan, and she would call every time something happened in L.A. to make sure we were okay <laughs> in Sacramento. I'm like, Grandma, it's, it's like a different world down there. Yeah, we're not close. Yeah, it's not close. It'd be an earthquake. Yeah, are you guys okay? I'm like, no. That was that's way. That's like 500 miles away. We're good. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, East Coast, West
3: Coast. It's so funny as someone, both of us, who have lived on both coasts, it's, it's funny to see the differences in just people's mannerisms, people's way of life, the
0: expectations. It's two different worlds. The fashion. Oh, yeah. No, Nobody dresses up here. It's like you go to an event and they got jeans and t-shirts and a hat backwards. I'm like, wait, you used to get, like on the East Coast, everyone's dressed to the nines all the time. No, nah, no one, yeah, the fashion is not as good here. It's not. Yeah, but it, it, it has its way more advantages, right? Like, yeah. like Dusty was saying, that was a really good soundbite from Dusty. If you can grab that when he was talking about San Francisco and, and what it meant to him and how long he's been coming here and maybe why the Giants can't get players. Why doesn't it affect the Warriors or the, or the Niners? It, why does why does why does San Francisco in the city and playing here only come up with the Giants because the I Warriors
3: think, play like a mile away I don't think it's a legitimate beef I I, I think that I don't was think an it is either. I don't I think that was an excuse that was used that's why I think Farhan walked it back um Farhan walked it back a couple of days later uh because it is the true it, it, it wasn't true like you, Obviously, San San Francisco has some eyesores, uh, but there's way more beautiful neighborhoods than there are crappy neighborhoods, and it would resonate more if, like, Los Angeles wasn't getting all these top free agents. Los Angeles has Skid Row, which is, like, double the size of the Tenderloin, you know? Like, I was just in downtown L.A. for a week, and, I mean, it's the same thing, so why can't why how come they can get all these free agents it just it didn't resonate well with me it didn't land well with the public obviously given the reaction and he walked it back for a reason because the warriors they can bring in top free agents kevin durant wasn't talking about the tenderloin when he came and signed that's that literally might be the biggest free agent signing in nba history he that he was fine with that 49ers i mean i know they're down in the south bay but they get guys so yeah, it, it didn't make all that much sense to me. I mean, look, you, you played was that a was that a topic of conversation in, in the locker room when you were
0: a giant, just man, the city is crappy? No. But that was a million years ago when I played for the giant. We played at Candlestick Park, so we no we we rarely came up to the city. Like everybody lived on the peninsula. Uh, only like the single guys lived in the marina and they would drive down to Candlestick Park. But no, I just I don't know. I, I live in the city. I, I think I think uh, the perception is worse than reality. The reality ain't great, I'm not going to lie about that, but the perception is worse than actually what I see every day. And, I, and I'm and i out there every day, I walk the streets every day. I went to Union Square two days ago, uh, during the day, and it was just vibrant, and everybody doing their uh, Christmas Square returns, during Christmas, time Christmas is, is returns, it was, was like a day, last week. it was a day after Christmas, and it was just, I mean, so... I think that the city's painted in a certain way that, that's not fair. If you go to any major city, and I'm lucky enough to travel with the team and go to major cities, like San Diego has changed a lot in the gas lamp. You go to downtown mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Downtown Pittsburgh was thriving before the pandemic, and now downtown Pittsburgh is just kind of oof. Yeah. And every city you go to has an oof I was element a to it. We a wedding
3: there last summer at the Fairmont in I, Pittsburgh. It's,
0: it was the most improved city in all of baseball. Right. Like literally, you go to Pittsburgh now, and it was it, before the pandemic. Like in 2019, I I used to hate Pittsburgh, and now mm-hmm. I would go there. I'm like, it's cool now. There's a good restaurant here, a good bar here, the ballpark, PNC. I went to a couple Steelers games, drove up from DC, and went to some Steelers games and got the whole. So I, it, it was like the, the most improved city in in all of sports, I thought. And now it's got issues. Like I just think every city has their issues, and I'm I, maybe San Francisco has more visible issues I would say than a lot of cities and it's publicized more and there's a certain spot and neighborhood if you go there there's, there's trouble, and, mm-hmm. and it, it isn't
3: good. Might get your windows busted it, open yeah, for it, nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, but we'll see. I mean, I don't know anything about the politics of it. I stay out of politics, but I just think I think the perception is worse than the reality, even though the reality isn't great.
3: All righty. We'll continue this conversation, talk some Niners, Warriors after the break. Our text line at the 1711 says, Santangelo, I need help getting a police escort to and from Levi's Chase and oh, SFO. Can you help me out? I got you. All righty. Right now, we have our call of the game. It's time for the call of the game, sponsored by Xfinity. The Xfinity 10G Network is made for streaming live sports, which means it's the network you can rely on in the biggest moments. The Xfinity 10G Network, the best way to stream your Warriors highlight. Let's go.
0: Curry will bring it up. High post to Paul. Paul cross-court to Wiggins. Downstairs to Jackson Davis. Warriors scissor off that. Curry, the catch, the fire,
2: the
3: bucket, and the foul! It's a three ball on the right side, and Highsmith crashed into him. And Curry has cut the Miami deficit to a single digit. It's 56-47. He's got a chance to cut it to eight at the free throw line.